Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi, friends. Welcome to our discussion of episode four of A Murder at the End of the World. Let's do our round of introductions and dive in. Hi, I'm Violet. Hi, I'm Raquel. Hi, I'm Kimberly. And I'm Kate. All right, so episode four is entitled Family Secrets. It picks up where we left off. Rohan's just died suddenly and everyone's being herded underground by Todd and Eva per Andy's order. Even Zoomer and Lee. Zoomer is very upset, understandably, and the journey underground is foreboding and full of cement, as one might expect. That's cement to the rest of you non-Southerners. Anyway, once they get down to the panic conference room of sorts, Lee's blaming herself because she invited Rohan. That makes him her first guest, right? Rohan was invited by Lee, Mm -hmm. Bill was Andy's, and Sean implied Darby was Andy's too, if she's in the know about such things. So I think they said Andy invited five and Lee invited four, and they were playing that game on the plane at the beginning, like who invited who. And it's kind of interesting to, for motive, I guess, to figure out who invited who. Right, yes. Mm -hmm. Do we believe it, though? Is that to throw us off? Mm, That's true. Yeah, it's hard to believe anything or anyone, but good call. We're all a bit sick on this recording, too, so apologies for that. We learn what happened off screen while Darby was racing to Rohan's room. Rohan apparently stumbled into the dining room, clutching his chest, appearing to the rest of the group to be experiencing a heart attack. David points out the obvious. Why are they six stories underground if the man had a heart attack? And Martin looks to Darby. He is, after all, reading her book at the moment. And everyone anxiously awaits Darby's verdict. Shockingly, she goes with heart failure. But she's not done yet. In classic Sherlock Holmes style, she's quite knowledgeable on pacemakers. Apparently, all pacemakers after 2011 have a wireless interface. And this might scare the shit out of everyone out there with pacemakers. Yeah. Because apparently, the post-2011 iterations can be hacked. And that's what she thinks caused the heart attack. That's really scary. It is really scary, right? so insane that somebody can do that i know i'm like can you give me one a 20 year old pacemaker i prefer please <laughs> yeah thank you i've got a friend that has a pacemaker and i don't know what obviously what year he's using but i need to ask him <laughs> you should do some detective work so you know if they're gonna die suddenly from hacking i know he has like these uh software that it is connected to like a hospital or something so they record his fighters or whatever right Mm -hmm. it sounds great until you think about in theory yeah yeah but we haven't heard of it happening so that's good i think like the thing that calmed me down when i was thinking about it last night was like you'd have to really mean someone harm to do that right like you'd have to intentionally target that person's pacemaker yeah yeah it has to be very personal yeah and that explains why Heartfront was calling him, which we had discussed a little in the last episode that we were missing the hacking information. And surprise, surprise, this hotel actually has the hardware that would be needed to hack a pacemaker right there in their medical suite. And it was out, no less, and turned on. That's a bummer. Why would she not have thought to mention that before, too? Like, clearly, because yeah. he just had a heart attack. Like, that would have been my first thought would have been like... He's a doctor as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, I literally just saw this. That was my next note, actually. I'm not an Eva fan. First of all, like what you said, it's insane that she doesn't mention any of this until she's like point blank asked, basically. Oh, yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that. Didn't know it was related. Didn't know it was relevant. That does make her kind of suspicious. You're right. Yeah. Well, also, if she's a doctor, as we learn later in this episode, why didn't she come running for Bill's death either? Mm-hmm. Instead, she's given the job of comforting Darby afterwards, which she's shitty at, too. Mm. Even Darby was a bit like, are oh, you a doctor? Because she was asking for a doctor and like mm-hmm. a piece of one, right? When Bill is dead. They're like, can't get a doctor. We have an EMT. That's it. Yeah. She could also be doing some post-mortem medical exams on these bodies when the police can't come, but she's not doing that. Mm-hmm. But she can do an on-the-spot tracheotomy, so I do believe that she's a doctor. Very impressive. Well, she did and Andy did, right? In the end? Yeah, Andy ended up doing it. She was being too, being too slow. 
I can do it too. I've watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. So <laughs> just give me a pen. Todd's back, and of course, the police can't get here for 48 or 72 hours because of the storm. Cause of death has been confirmed by the House EMT as a heart attack. Darby asked Marius if he's spoken to Heartfront, but of course, Marius says nothing. But he did bring drinks. Yay. It's pointed out that Andy's the only person not trapped in the room, which David realizes means they're keeping Andy safe from them, which is understandably upsetting to everyone and should be the most upsetting to his wife and child. Because what the fuck? If that's the case, why are his wife and child in there? Yeah. Doesn't seem like they have a great relationship. You can't trust anyone on this show. Anyone. Yeah. Do you think Suma could have done it? He's very interested in, like, doctor and science stuff. He is, yeah. He is. You're right. He has his own stethoscope. Yeah, somebody joked about that on our first or second recording. And obviously it still seems insane. However, it would be the least likely person. Like, you know, they want you not to suspect who it is. Yeah. I will give it credit for the fact that he would be the least likely person to suspect. But I mean, it's a fucked up kid. He's just going around killing people. Especially his possible dad. Yeah. I'm going to go with not Zoomer, but still possibility. Darby chimes in, begging Marius to please not move the body or to at least let her examine the scene and the body first, to which he replies, this is not the Lord of the Flies. Do you guys ever have days where something random is mentioned like way more times than it statistically should be by various different sources? Yeah, strange. But that always happens now with like Facebook and you're like talking to someone about a product and then all of a sudden it's on your Facebook feed and you're like... It's everywhere, yeah. Or like when you find out about a word that you didn't know and then you hear it. 400 times in a row all the time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was yesterday for me with lord of the flies it was on this show yesterday that i was watching it was on another show that i was watching yesterday someone said it to me in real life yesterday reference lord of the flies and then it was nighttime and i was picking up my son's book from the couch and it was called Dogman, lord of the fleas and i was like this is so weird okay. <laughs> the book was just like too much lord of the fleas anyway Lume makes the brilliant and terrifying connection that Andy's lured his greatest competition and greatest critics to one spot. What better way to get rid of all of your biggest problems? And there are two dead already. Fortunately, per Todd, they've now been cleared to go back upstairs to the kill zone, but they will be quarantined to their own rooms where nobody will know if they're dying. This quarantine situation bothered me. And then, on top of that, when they get upstairs and they drop each person off at their room, he's confiscating all their electronics, laptop, iPads. Like, come the fuck on. He has no right to do that. Yeah. It seems so guilty. Would you not protest? Yeah. They could easily just take the laptops and, like, download every all their information from them. Right. Right. And there's no good reason to take it. Like, there's no internet, for one thing. Even if there were, you should let them have their methods of communication to the outside world and to each other. Oh, do you see why they're doing it, though? Because they are a group of, like, really intelligent hackers. All of them can hack. So yeah, I can see why yeah. there's a precaution measure. But yeah, I'd be very pissed about that. But they're, like, also adults that should be fighting this, you know, fighting back against this i'm really like surprised that nobody did i mean it'd be better to do it as a group but the fact that everyone's like all right here's and also like what are they gonna do for 72 hours let them write a book or something you know <laughs> like it's boring yeah i thought it was weird though that everybody had their electronics like right at their door yeah <laughs> me too yeah like they didn't have to go into their room they were like here's my ipad that's been <laughs> sitting on the right. the counter right next to the door. But then I'm like, well, how do they even know? Some of these people could have multiple laptops and stuff. Yeah. It's not like they searched the room. So For sure. So they could have kept some stuff back. There's no way that's everybody's, all their electronics. Mm -hmm. Did they turn the Wi-Fi off themselves or did the storm cut that out? I missed it. I mean, they will say that it was the storm, but we will all never know if it was them or the storm, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like, I would assume it was them. 
because I don't like them being Andy and Don and Eva and Marius. Yeah. Tomas, the server's okay, I think. All right. Even Darby doesn't protest. She hands him his, her laptop covered in stickers, although we know where Darby will be heading out as soon as she thinks he's out of the hallway. But first, Sean knocks, and Darby immediately and aggressively spits some hacker gibberish at her, which will evidently prove if she's a hacker or not. Sean passes the test, having no clue what she's talking about. I passed too, for the record, in case any of you were wondering. Turns out she asks if she's VI or Emacs, as all coders are fiercely loyal to one or the other, like a holy war, she called it. Did any one of you understand that when she said that? Are you hackers? No. no. They didn't even think she was speaking in English. Yeah. (laughs) But as we see later on, maybe she's lying. Yeah. Agreed. Like, that doesn't convince me of anything as far as she goes. I don't trust Sean. Do you guys trust Sean? I trust no one. Yeah, no one. (laughs) Sean is, of course, here to apologize for not listening to Darby in time. By the way, I've decided Darby's actually here for an elaborate interview for Sheriff on the New Moon Colony. (laughs) It makes sense, right? Can she solve this mystery? If so. Yeah, well, that's what that's actually kind of what I have been thinking. Like, is this like all a setup? Yeah. And she was invited to solve the mystery, kind of like, like as I was saying, it kind of reminds me of like Knives Out uh, or like Glass Onions or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, Sean's sorry for dismissing Darby, especially when Sean's own gut told her the same thing. But she admits she dismissed Darby because of her age and her gender. And she's sorry. Fuck up. Oh, she's here to help her get to Rohan. Perfect, because fuck Todd. I agree. I do not like Todd. But Sean still likes Andy, and I do not like Andy either. So they're seeking through the kitchen again to the refrigerator where Marius ignored her wishes and put him before letting anyone look more closely at the death scene. She opens his shirt, confirms he was chipped. The hacker likely downloaded and sent Rohan a pattern of fatal shocks to the heart. She finds the signaling flashlight out of his pocket. No big surprise to her, but Sean seems surprised, whether genuinely or feigned. She tells Sean what she saw Rohan doing the other night, and Sean insists they go find whoever was on the other end of the light. Sean says she walked on the dark side of the moon in minus 175 degrees Celsius. She can handle a fucking snowstorm. That is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say I walked on the dark side of the moon. Sean was so easily um, to, like, remember that they needed to block the, you know, the video camera with the flashlight. Mm-hmm. So it just made me wonder, has she done this before? Good call. Seems very prepared as well for everything. And again, I don't know if that's just because she's an astronaut or because she might be hiding something. Yeah. Well, and I guess it, it seems like she's pretty close with Andy, so she well. like knows the the house or the hotel and when it was being built. And she's been there a few times as well. Right. And she's the closest person to Andy. Like she seems closer to him than his wife. I think mm, yeah. we mentioned before. So I would trust her the least. But she is offering. It was very helpful that she showed her these suits. I'll give her that. Well, until they get locked down. Anyway. What was the chip where they see the like incision? What what were they trying to say had been done there? Do you guys understand that? To my understanding, it was just saying that he had an implant, which we already knew. Yeah. I don't know why you needed to see that to prove that. But they do say, oh, it's been tampered with, or it's been chipped. I think that's what she said. No, you can tell that. But they should have known that already, so I don't know. I suppose you can have like different pacemakers. Some of them might not be chipped. Oh. Is that what they were trying to like? Maybe it's just proving like what she was saying that it was after. Post 2011. 2011. Yeah. But how did they know? Because they don't open it. They just look at the scar, right? Yeah. Right. I was a bit confused by that as well. Maybe they can tell from the way the incision was made. Yeah. When Dali explained what you have to do is you literally just have to go into the cloud and like send software updates to the pacemaker like <laughs> That sounds too easy. It was scary. Like when she's like, download, it was like, download a pattern of 
fatal, you know, and I was like, it's like me downloading a pattern of something on Etsy or yeah. some shit, you know, like it's way too easy. Pay 75 cents and get a pattern. Um, Not that I do crafty things often, only for Halloween. Yeah, I agree. It creeps me out how like easy it sounded. And yet it would be entirely impossible to me at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, but to like so many people, yeah. People who might know a little bit about that kind of stuff. It's like right. almost anyone could have done that. Yeah. There's millions of people these days that can hack shit and understand. Yeah. Sean takes Darby to retrieve some real cool gear. They have climate suits for new Earth extremes, kind of like spacesuits. Andy had them designed in case of radiation and or various different end-of-the-world scenarios. That's really cool. If I were rich, I would definitely do some doomsday prep, because why not? Would you guys? Yeah. Yes, probably. People do it now when they're, like, just couponing. <laughs> yeah, they don't even have money. I mean, I think those are the people you think of as, like, doomsday preppers or the off-the-grid, yeah. have-no-money, you know. But I'm curious, I would like to know how many, like, celebrities or people with, like, 50 million and up that have a whole doomsday scenario ready for them. I would totally buy these suits if Andy wants to sell them to the general public. I mean, they'd probably cost like 50 grand or something, in which case I would not buy them. But if it were affordable. One million. If you had the money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll sell my house and buy two. No, I could afford four spacesuits. Live in them. Yeah, I'd live in them. I mean, they looked warm and cute in all that snow. Yeah. So that was nice. <laughs> One time I bought those like anti-radiation pills. What are they? Potassium? Iodine. There's a nuclear plant that you get to, you can see from lots of points nearby, which is really funny. It's just like looming in the distance, and it looks exactly like the Simpsons plant, which always entertains me when I'm driving down that particular <laughs> road. But I did buy like anti radiation, which I would never, I would not be able to find even if it happened. Going back for a little bit, but did you guys freak out when they went into the freezer um, where the body was and the door shut behind them? Oh yeah. Like, you get stuck. I just feel like I would never let a door shut on me inside. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you leave, like, a shoe in there or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that would lock. And Especially in this scenario. No, I should have freaked out at that, and I didn't. I've worked in a lot of restaurants, so I guess I'm used to it. But in this scenario, you should definitely freak the fuck out. I agree. It's like a worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I think that Darby is allying with way too many people at this point. Yes, she's trusting too many people. Gullible, yeah. She keeps like saying, okay, you seem like you have something that can help me. So I'm just going to tell you literally everything. Everything. Right. And I keep being like, I mean, I kind of get it because I'm like, all right, she she's probably just lonely and wants someone to help. But it's like. She's desperate, but yeah. She's spreading out her trust too far at this point because there are too many people that now know what she's doing. Yeah. But for like a second, when you, Kate said earlier that when they go into like the underground bunker or whatever, she seemed to be agreeing with them a lot. So she was saying that he's had a heart attack, no one's killed him. And I thought for a second, oh, maybe she's just acting to be like she doesn't know much or she's not onto anybody. Mm, right. Just to, because obviously uh, Andy just asked her to leave. So I think she was trying to like pretend to to be okay with everybody. And then I thought she was doing the same with Sean. But no, it seems like she's just trusting everybody. And she's just sharing a lot of information. Even when she finds out later on that she's she can hack. And obviously she was lying earlier. She doesn't seem, she seems shocked for like a second. But she doesn't really pursue it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's like she believes the excuse kind of that she gives yeah. about transportation. Or like knowing how to do things like that with uh, vehicles i can't remember the line but this goes along with her like terrible sense of 
survival, her terrible survival instincts to me, like from the beginning, she just doesn't have the same red flags that we all have that are like, okay, don't trust that person. There's people dying. Yeah. We don't know. It might be them. There's plenty of reasons to think it is them. There's no reason to think it's definitely not them. And yet she shares everything with all these people. And it's crazy to me. Has it yet been explained what she's there? What she was invited? What does she bring to the table? No, Mm -mm. just that Andy invited her. And that's if we trust Lee. But then I was thinking back to even the Bill thing. Her whole relationship with Bill is like crazy. Or like meeting up with him in person is crazy. Because like, who's the most likely person to have been on that Silver Dose site? Like actively tracking these corpses with silver jewelry and interested in people that are looking into it mm-hmm. the killer right yeah I and mean, that's the most likely person that you're going to find on that site that wants to meet up with you or sends you on a bike to a you know remote location while they're tracking you i mean the fact that she's alive is amazing yeah, yeah totally i wonder if it's a bit of like like the recklessness kind of comes from the sort of rush of danger that she's obviously getting something out of for e- to even be doing this Oh, kind of what he said? Like, it's what you see as bravery in you is not really, I don't think it's bravery. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Like, I wonder if skirting close to the danger is like what she's looking for in a way. Like, she's getting something out of that. That's a very good point. And that fits really well. Yeah. Do we think the murders are related? The current and past? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a question that, because we don't know if she's caught that serial killer, right? Yeah. I also found it weird that they would just rush out to the signal point, like, what, two days later? Yeah. Like, because the person could easily have just come there just to signal and then left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, like, a storm out there, it's not worth it. The chances of them being there are slim. And it's just such a waste of, like, time. Like, they've gone there. Yeah. Find nothing. They have to turn halfway because a storm, which they know was coming. It was beautiful. They're beautiful shots, I must say. It was beautiful. But again, it could be like the chasing danger thing. Like she said, what am I going to do? Just like wait in my room to be right to have somebody inject me with morphine in my sleep. It's totally in character for her. I'll give her that. Yeah. So she's like, I'm, I have to do something or I'm going to like go insane. So I guess that's. You can do more in the hotel. True. You know, interrogating the people that may be the killers. Right. But Sean was like ready to go, though. She was like, let's go into the store. Oh, yeah. But then again, is that why are they trying to like stall her? That's it. Yeah. Or going to kill her like get her off the case yeah good point mislead her into like waste a day or i think all those are more likely than genuinely they think somebody might be out there you know i don't trust people yeah like it gets her out of the hotel while they do something clean something up kill right. someone else like yeah exactly just walking right into it interesting yeah that's a good point okay they're still in the spacesuit room and there's a map on the wall so darby shows her where they were flashing and they're going to head out there in the hopes there's a person camped out there i guess Sean offers to go alone, but that goes over exactly as planned, and they're off on a very fun-looking snowmobile. Have you guys been on snowmobiles? Definitely not Kimberly, I'm going to go with. What are you asking? No for the Australian. I have no. No for the Spanish. Funnily enough, we did go to Iceland like a month ago, a month and a week ago. Oh, you did? We did. We went to the south, and we did actually book um excursion, but it was cancelled because there wasn't enough snow because it was too early in the year oh. and literally only snow for like a day and a half so there wasn't enough snow on the mountains you're really going above and beyond for your job here raquel i know right i appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> um okay when they get off the snowmobile sean oddly asked darby why everyone is a suspect what a strange question to ask did i mishear that or did you guys hear that 
That's what I heard too. I actually went back because, yeah, I had the same thought of like, did she say that? But I think she did. Why? Like, it's such a strange question. I mean, of course, everyone's a suspect. You don't know who did it yet. So, yeah. And Darby answers it's a conference of hackers. Everyone's capable. Even Bill's murder, which seemed not to involve hacking, involved overriding security software and wiping cameras. Sean suggests Lumet should be the number one suspect because his artificial insanity exhibit was a direct takedown of smart cities. And they start talking about David and how if he was going to kill someone, it would be Lee who stole Andy's focus from David. Apparently, all Andy cared about after meeting Lee was starting a family and Zoomer is his life. I have not yet gotten that vibe at all. Yeah, I haven't either. It's interesting. We learned that Sean's dad sadly killed himself via carbon monoxide poisoning in the garage when Sean was 13. She points out that Darby's focus on women who slip through the cracks is obviously important, but men have it bad too. It's hard to be made into a killer when all you wanted to do was look up at the stars. He was a soldier in the Gulf War. But luckily he did teach Sean Morse code first. But I thought about that line a lot afterwards and it really is heartbreaking. Like drafting peaceful men into war and they're never the same again. And that's just kind of the end of their lives. And there's so many suicides in the military community. It's absolutely horrifying to really sit and think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back to the show, they message SOS, nothing happens, so then they hit the snowmobile to travel to the other side of the other night's communication. En route, and via their cool helmets, Darby tells Sean her theory that Bill uncovered a secret his first night here, why he was late for dinner, acting strange, and asked her to come to his room. But what the fuck? Here's my question now. They were much safer talking out there about secrets than in his audio recorded room. Why would he want to take her inside to tell her a secret? Yeah. But I guess we don't know. I mean, that is weird. Maybe it had something to do with something that he could only show her through the tech. Ah, yeah. Could show her computer. There you go. That explains it. Thank you. Behind Sean and Darby, you see a real legit storm approaching. Their ultimate destination seems to be an angry, frigid body of water, and Darby declares there's nothing up here, before seeing a stake with a red flag attached, reminiscent of the scene of one of the victims she and Bill visited. For me, anyway. There's a rope tied to the stake leading into the water. Sean and Darby reel it in, pull out a boy, or I thought it was a boy. Yeah, I did. It says last chance. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have looked like any further, and turns out it's a whole like boat. Yeah. <laughs> it says last chance, the name of Rohan's boat. Sean tells her it's actually a Zodiac, an inflatable boat you use to get to a larger boat offshore. Darby points out that his boat is off the grid, and Rohan didn't check in last night, so they probably left and drove south to beat the storm. Darby tells Sean what he signaled, and Sean agrees with our assessment. They lost a man, but the plan was still to carry on. But with what? I um, I was expecting, like, a big entrance of, like, a massive boat. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean style, just like... <laughs> uh, but it never came, Sam. Is it not weird that they, they probably would have known that there was a storm coming as well? So, like... Yeah. The plan seemed to be a bit stupid. Dodgy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was shot really nice as usual there, though. The mm-hmm. storm and the sea and everything was really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Iceland looks really nice. Yeah. It's amazing. And the makeup, I thought, on um, Darby and Sean in these scenes, because they have like this little bit of a pink tint to their cheeks and nose and stuff. Mm. They look like they've been out in the cold and it's like mm-hmm. the perfect amount. I thought that was really well done, too. Looks very realistic. Yeah, good point. You can see that they were very cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've talked about where it's been filmed the show no i read a little bit into it and apparently most of the first few months were filmed in iceland uh because of the low rate in covid cases mm. but after a while Brit marlene actually got covid during that filming mm. so they actually moved to new jersey and utah new jersey really that's interesting mm. and they chose it because it has loads of like similar places oh that's interesting i could have visited 
It's very close to me in Philly. Would you say that it looks like Iceland, Catherine? I would definitely not say that. Jersey? <laughs> I believe you. And it was probably like snowy at the time. And Did you say Utah as well, Raquel? Yeah. I guess that would make sense for some of the like big open spaces. Uh, most of the places are in actually Utah. So it does in ERC, but I think the open spaces are in Utah. And it says, speaking about why Utah was then chosen, chosen sorry, as a film location, co-creator Sal Balmajglit said, I should be going in Iceland. And then we ended up in Utah six months later. As one of the actors said to me, oh my God, do you know, does it similar to Iceland? And then he explains that the similarities were chosen intentionally. Hmm. Makes me want to go to Utah. Is it very cold? It looks really cold. I wouldn't have thought that, but I don't. I guess maybe it is in the in the winter. I don't think of it as cold either, but like maybe I should. I think just like the middle of the country can get pretty cold because it's landlocked, right? Yeah, they're very like icy though. I didn't think so. I wouldn't have thought that. I think of it as dry. Yeah, but I don't know if that's accurate either. So <laughs> don't ask us about our own country, Raquel. There's too much of it. <laughs> All right. And now the snowmobile breaks. Sean gives Darby a good pep talk. They need to walk, but they're safe in their spacesuits. So off they track through the blizzard. They get to the guard shack. There's no way in there. So they break into the car next door to at least get some shelter from the storm. No, they're going to drive the car. They're able to start the car because it's not reliant on an old school key. More technology versus non. And Sean points out, funnily, I do know my way around vehicle command. She's an astronaut. Is there something like that? I think she called it like a something terminal. I didn't quite catch it. Maybe like an OBG terminal or something like that. But is there one of those in like every Volvo or is that just like a fancy? I think I know about this actually. Oh good, because I've never seen one. I did. Well, I don't know. This is probably not exactly the same thing, but I was trying to write a scene about hot wiring car. And so I did some like oh, yeah. deep, <laughs> deep research on this. So like most cars, you can't now you can't do that because they have a computer that operates everything in the car. So I think right. that's all that was, is that she was pulling out the computer that operates right. the car. Uh... It did look a little bit more like sophisticated and that's probably rich person stuff. But I think that's just like all cars have a computer in them now. Right. So she's just basically taking that out instead of like hot wiring it. <laughs> right. Yep. Got you. It does look like a lot, a lot like hacking though. Yes. Yeah, definitely. She's not driving at a safe speed for icy roads, though. No, no. for real. Why? It's absurd. A black ice as well, like so dangerous. Yeah. So I was just waiting for them to like completely get off the road like they did. Right. Obviously, what happens is going to happen. Yeah. Maybe this flies in a space blizzard, but roads get icy and you can't drive like that. She's fishtailing a lot. Makes Darby nervous, too. Sean feels Darby out. Does she think Andy's the bad guy here? Sean tells her that he wasn't in the safe room because he's embarrassed about losing control. Darby realizes how weird this fucking place is with the panic room, the climate suits, etc. And Sean explains it away by saying Andy thinks the end of the world is coming a lot faster than we think. Sean breaks some shocking news. Ronson Industries is out of money. He's not sending anyone to space. She thinks he's been draining the funds for something else. And then the inevitable happens. Sean loses control and the car flips repeatedly down the mountain. Darby falls out of her door. There's blood on the ground, a head wound. We saw it coming. Am I off? Yeah. I was interested to hear when Sean said that she, like, about Andy draining the money, but he won't tell her why. Like, she thinks it's for this, you know, hotel, I guess. But yeah, there's probably something else deeper, right? We just haven't found out yet. Yeah. Unconscious, Darby dreams of Bill again, waking up next to him on the back of his uncle's stolen or borrowed car on their road trip. Today's goal is finding out if that pin belongs to Carmen Perez. They're meeting someone named Sue at the morgue. 
She brought the dental records from Carmen, it seems, and they're a match. The Sioux woman seems to just be another member of the online community trying to help unidentified remains find their families. Yeah. And she gives the credit to Bill and Darby for finding that pen and tracing it to Carmen. Darby asks if they found anything with the victim, looking for silver jewelry of the last victim, of course, and they find a ring with an inscription, E-Bell. On the way out, we learn Bill is a fancily named syndrome, meaning the sun makes him sneeze. I've heard that's pretty common. Do you guys sneeze at the sun? Well, if I feel a sneeze, like, in there, I can, like, look at a light and it'll kind of help it happen, but it doesn't make me sneeze if I just walk outside like that. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, it was pretty dramatic. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, did Darby get the dental records from the box she got, like, with all the remains? Yeah, all the remains, like, when she walked into that room, you know, and there was all the, yeah. like, cases that hadn't been solved. I assumed it was. I don't think it was very well explained. But no, because... In a different state, though. The coroner had the remains, so she had to get the dental records from the actual dentist. Yeah, I think so. But how was she, though? Oh, so they went to the dentist and were like, yo. Yes. Can I just grab these? Right, which, yes, there are questions to be asked there, but I think the dentist must make a denture out of their tooth. Oh, the impression, yeah. Or they had it because they made her a retainer or whatever, like, at the dentist. That's what they brought, is what I think. But when they go to, like, is that a coroner? I don't know what the term is, like, the guy they go visit. He took the thing that they gave him and he compared, he put it up against the teeth. It was confusing the way that they shot it, I think, because then... He's got the bottom jaw separate from the top jaw. Yeah, okay. They're not connected anymore. So I think that was where it was confusing because he was right, holding the yeah. bottom jaw and then he put the mold on it. Yeah. And then he took the skeleton and put the mold on the other part. I would think sometimes they would do that without a mold and with just like the papers that have their teeth, pictures and stuff, right? I wonder if they can just create it from the x-rays or something. Yeah. And and I do that all the time for dead bodies if they're trying to identify them. Yeah, yeah. could be. Did you guys notice that um, Bill, the shirt Bill is wearing in this scene, Darby is wearing it two episodes ago. Oh, they're trading clothes. In the scene where she's, after he's dead, where Darby is talking to Lee, when Lee comes in with Zoomer to her room. The black one? It's the it's black and it has like white cartoony looking. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Shout out to the uh, costume designer, by the way. I really have enjoyed all the costumes and the clothing, especially like those spacesuits. I love the spacesuits, yeah. Yeah. Her name is uh, Megan Gray. She's awesome. I love it. I like the consistency in like every episode, all the characters that seem to be dressed in the same way. Yeah. They've got a style. Yeah. Right. And they're totally different people. So it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how Darby obviously in the flashbacks is very different to the Darby we see now like she's got the long brown hair and they definitely um got the style right I think for each hairstyle yeah I agree and it seems like she's got she's picked up a little bit of like builds yes the style after yeah which makes sense with what Violet just said Mm mm-hmm Darby and Bill need to figure out somewhere to stay for the night, and they don't want to ask Sue since her family's already annoyed with her amateur crime-solving all night long. (laughs) (laughs) But Bill has an idea. They head to a motel and jump in the pool clothes, trick the front desk guy into giving them a key to room 115. He looks completely sus, but does it anyway. This whole sequence was very adorable to me. (laughs) Yeah, it was cute. I was completely confused about how that worked, though. So they saw the name on the suitcase. She helped him with his bag earlier. They were leaving. But still, like... Then surely the room would have been, yeah. They checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like the days of computers. This might have worked, you know, like a little bit earlier in time. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't get that either. I don't think it would have worked. But 
whatever especially because the guy looks so suspicious i know and if he's the same person that's actually taking them in you would have remembered them both like right they're very rememberable but sometimes i feel like it's confidence that makes people just it's like yeah that's true you just do something confidently and it confuses people like i'll just walk into a movie theater carrying a coffee and i'm just like stop me yeah like <laughs> yeah i take drinks into movie theaters now too confidently nobody stops anyone that's like confident yeah they're also like high schoolers working there yeah but that's how my mother-in-law like she never pays for movies she just walks in and because she's like older and nobody asks her anything anyway we find out bill wants kids seven at least a psychic told his mom he's only gonna have one kid and it's gonna be with someone he slept with only one time Ooh. okay so this is what i wanted to come to earlier is that so obviously this is zuma right like yeah that's what that's why they had they put this whole conversation into the show yes definitely to me, it's too much. Like, this is another no, case. It's another case of, like, it's too obvious. Yeah. Overkill. But I wonder if, yeah. if we're being faked out on it because of that, because it's too much. I think there's a good chance of that. Yeah. Misleading us. Yeah. Yep. But we'll find out. It's certainly, at this moment in time, they're hitting us repeatedly in the face with yeah. the idea that Zoomer belong- is Bill's son. I mean, usually they show things for a reason, like random stuff, like... Right. The whole scene with Bill in the previous episode where he sends Darby off to the train station with the Morse code, that was obviously for us to learn that she knows Morse code for the next scene where, you know, the flashlight. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. I mean, usually they do show us stuff that, you know, it's going to come back. So I agree with Violet that just the nature of it being a murder mystery, they might try to mislead you. Oh, yeah. That's it. I would literally always say that. Yeah. But otherwise, everything that you put in a show should be teaching you something you should know. It's either te- yeah, teaching you something you should know that'll come back or teaching you something you should know that'll come back intentionally to confuse you. <laughs> yeah. It could be a red herring. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You can't trust anyone, including the writers <laughs> in this show. <laughs> we also learn it's Darby's mom's iPod. And that's why music is older. Did we know Darby's mom left her before? Because Bill says they could go find her and Darby turns him down. She knows my address. Why should I find someone that wanted to leave me? I think it was implied because there's a scene. I guess it's when Bill is telling her that she was her own mother and father. Yeah. That made it seem like her parents were absent to some degree. I guess I thought her mom had died or that's just the assumption I went with because moms don't leave as often as dads, I guess. No, you're right, though. I don't think they made it clear either way. I don't think they... She was out of the picture, but they didn't explain how. Yeah, it was clear that her dad was her, like, sole caregiver to me, but Mm -hmm. I assumed the wrong thing. Bill's concerned with her drinking, but she says they're celebrating. Darby thinks they might be near the end and this ring might be the first because there are no more bodies logged online that they've found with silver jewelry. Ah, the ring. She's right. She posits that the first life a serial killer takes is usually someone personal, so this might lead them straight to him, and we know it does. But Bill doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He's looking at her iPod while she's in the bathroom, chucking more liquor. She is drinking a lot, but maybe it's to get up the nerve for what comes next. She goes in for the kiss, which works at first, but then Bill begs off. It's late and all. Ouch. That hurts. Yeah. As you can see on her face. But yeah, obviously she's going to feel like super rejected at that point. Yeah. Is he much younger than he? Because that's the impression I have. But I don't know if that's been said. Three years, I think, because they said he's 27 when he died. And this was supposed to be six years ago. But she might, she could have been 19, I guess, because 18 or 19, probably. So they're like two or three years apart, I think. Did she know in school? She was, but I'm wondering if she's not now. Anymore. Yeah. Missing a lot of it. Let's hope it's summer break. Conveniently. (laughs) 
The next morning he's gone when she wakes up, which just reinforces her heart from last night for a second. But then he comes in with coffee and her Coke even. I liked when he poured the Coke in. That was sweet. <laughs> she starts to apologize, but Bill wants to speak first. He's just he's worried he's a man taking advantage of a woman, which is just like the people they're chasing. So he just wants to know what she wants and she just wants him to hold her. And then she wants him to kiss her. I liked this scene. I thought it was yeah. a sweet like thought to have. Yeah. I mean, he was watching her drink and stuff, so he probably felt like... I thought that was going to be the reason, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're drunk, let's not do this first when you're drunk. Yeah. But I guess it is a little bit like, you know, maybe... Like, he didn't want her to feel pressured or like she was rushing things. And and the drinking might have made him think that she felt that way. Yeah. I mean, I give him a pass because he immediately addressed it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, what he did was going to make her feel rejected. Yeah. In the moment, it, it sucked for sure. But I think he... He did a really nice job of explaining it the next day. I liked what he said. I like that we kind of like get a bit more compelled by the relationship because um, we haven't really seen much of it. We know that she fell in love with him and then he's a very important person in her life. But what we've seen before is like he literally just leaves her out of the blue and, you know, without a goodbye. So we kind of like maybe don't like him very much. But now we see this scene when he's like a really nice guy explaining why he's not wanting to take advantage of her. And he kind of sucks up his sleep because now we know they're never going to go back together. So I felt it was a bit unfair but it's nice the way they've made it and i also really admired actors and directors and overall like any crew members that are part of like making love scenes or like sex scenes because it can be like really tacky and really like flat like you don't you just you know it's just a sex scene like to fill in a gap but they did it really well like, like the bodies weren't really focused like the faces you can really see them very well with the light coming through the window yeah and i thought it was like really like tasteful yeah yeah i think it'd be really hard to do a sex scene in front of all the random people on set. I know yeah. they, mm. you know, they try and make as few people on set as possible, but still. Yeah. That's one of many reasons I'm not an actress. <laughs> <laughs> I also, the show's really throwing it in our face that Bill obviously isn't into drugs or drinking. I know. Yeah. Just, you know, from the first episode with the morphine. Heavily emphasized. Yeah. Well, he's been sober for a while, right? So that's probably why he... Right. I, oh, I yeah. assume he was already sober at this point because she said something yeah, like it's been a very long time. So I think he's probably been more conscious of people doing drugs because he's yeah. a recovery addict, possibly. Right. Yep. That's what I thought, too. I do like Bill a lot. Yeah. But Murray's dead. Maybe he's a serial killer, though, and it'll make us like him less. Right. I don't know if these people are actually dead. That's always been like a thought in my head, but yeah, no good reason for it. I don't know. Then I also keep thinking about that because of the AI stuff, too. I'm like, yeah. can they just project this person and make you think that they're dead when they're not? I don't know. I'm more along like, well, Zane Nisley can make a dead body look like entirely real. Yeah. So he's a billionaire. <laughs> so he's probably ordered dead bodies of all these people. And the fact like, that we keep shown that the body's there and she keeps going to the body, I don't know. Uh-huh. Seems like very in our faces. Well, I do have one reason that I think that Bill might still be alive. Because why did Darby have to go all the way outside to see him die? Which I think that was Bill she saw. But then there's all this downtime while she's going back inside, trying to get help to him. And even then, she doesn't approach the body. So I feel like all that downtime was maybe written in for a reason. Obviously, I don't know. And it's just wishful thinking. But maybe... Yeah, I do. I must feel this like more subconsciously, too, because I keep having this urge to go back and like study all his tattoos and make sure they're all in the body. Okay. Darby wakes up in real time on a snow stretcher that Sean is pulling through the blizzard. How in the world did the car have that in it? And also, why was she driving so insanely on the ice? But we already talked about that. And they could have made it safely if she just drove slower. It's not like walking was a better alternative. It was just that driving safely was a better alternative, you know? 
Anyway, as Darby's waking up inside the hotel, Sean's still talking to her through the helmet for some reason. At first, I thought it was just to freak her out more, but no, it turns out it's jammed. Eva's working on Darby. Apparently, she's a doctor. She gets morphine out, looks just like Bill's injector, and Darby's like, no, please stop, but she doesn't listen, which is fucked up. Sean is still struggling with a helmet, and that's becoming increasingly urgent. Tom's trying to help her. Technology won't release. There's only a minute and 58 seconds left of oxygen. Terrifying. That'd be so scary. Especially, like, seeing the count on the screen. Somehow that makes it worse for me. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Sean's about to die miserably, and she gives Darby a knowing look. Did you guys notice that look? Mm -mm. Just felt like, uh, like, now it's me. Like Yeah, like, it's me next, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right. Mm. oh yeah okay and that's when they realize it's been hugged right or they mention it yeah and then eva moves over to sean as todd tries to drill through the helmet with one minute left and he just starts hitting her as hard as he can in the head with something hard and that doesn't work so it's time for an emergency tracheotomy jesus good scene though it was a good scene it was very scary yeah that was a genius idea too the tracheotomy i know i wouldn't have thought of it yeah like how do you get air oh through the neck like okay (laughs) right yeah it was really smart well, I'd teach her to drive safely, at least. Although I guess it's not relevant at all. It's good she got here in time. Did they establish that it was a hack, or is that did the helmet just malfunction? Somebody mentions the hack. I think Andy does, right? Sean says to Andy, "I think is this a hack." I think it's pretty. It's implied, but I don't know that they have proof of it. Yeah, I think at this point we all kind of like say with all the other evidence. Yeah, I think we made to believe that she's been almost killed by the same person that's behind all of the other yeah killers, possibly. It does make her seem innocent, so maybe it was her, but that's a very risky move. That's what I'm saying. Like, was this all an act for Darby? Like, oh, we really, like, yeah. we're good. We're saving her. <laughs> we're doing this, like, emergency trickle to me. Uh-huh. That she mm-hmm. was, she knew that she was going to get it all along. Oh, but who would, I wouldn't do that for her. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Any scheme that I had concocted. Eva does, this is the part where we talked earlier for a minute about how Eva, like, hesitates with the tracheotomy, and then... Andy just like does it and the whole I don't know the like we were saying the whole thing about Eva's character is very suspicious because it's like she's a doctor kind of but is she really like right is she pretending to be one yeah yeah again but why does Andy know how to do it did they know that it was gonna happen I don't know the whole scene was like really intense but like also very like suspicious yeah mm-hmm. more questions like he seemed to be there for a playful Barbie almost like she was yeah. conscious, he had like the painkiller, the morphine, numbing her. Yeah. Yeah, and if Eva really was a doctor, she wouldn't have hesitated like that, I guess, with the tracheotomy, right? She would have just known what to do and done it. You would think. You would think. Yeah, I think she says that she did, what did she say? She'd done one before, like in school. That's what she said. Okay. So maybe she's not that experienced, like outside of. No, it wouldn't inspire too much confidence, yeah. But obviously, Andy was just like, Yep, you're not doing it. Okay, shh, Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It's also weird that, you know, he's got all these money, he's preparing for, like, the end of the world there, but he doesn't have an actual doctor that would know how to do things. That sends a bit suspicious. That's insane. He's a billionaire. Right? Or even if he's not, even if he's out of money, you still are able to fake it for a while, I think, before you're, like, outed, and you would definitely have a doctor on staff, you know? Mm-hmm. A good one as well. Did we not find out in, like, episode... Free, I think it was when he's to- she's talking to like the German Thomas, yeah. Like they've picked all of these people from all around the world that are really like good cooks and waitress and waiters. So it would be weird to like get like this random newy doctor. You wouldn't have an EMT and not a doctor if you were a millionaire. Yeah, 
if you go through like all the effort of like collecting these people from right all over the world just for food or for show you definitely have a doctor would you all be like darby how so like darby i wouldn't be like darby at all in this show but what are you asking would you all be like darby and just like fall to the floor by fainting or are you okay with watching that kind of stuff I think, like, everything got to her, I hope. I don't think it was just... Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I don't think it was the black. Yeah. I could probably watch that and not pass out, but still be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was so intense. Yeah. I felt like passing out, and not even for the blood, just, like, yeah. so much going on. When he smacked her in the helmet with that thing, I was like, damn, like, whoa. I know. <laughs> it was funny how he said before, like, oh, it's designed to not, like, no air or, like, no substances, whatever goes through. But uh-huh. yeah, the seal is... I'm going to try to break it. We're like, right. I mean, I would have been doing this yeah. thing, to be honest, getting desperate. Obviously, it's clearly designed so it can withstand really, like, strong hits and stuff. How scary would it be, though? Like, even though you're about to die, and of course you want him to do it inside the helmet as someone's, like, hitting you that hard with shit in the face <laughs> like so scary yeah what an unpleasant couple of minutes mm. yep very made for really good tv though yeah that was great i like that yeah so darby's standing at the end watching and as soon as sean takes the dramatic breath darby passes out fair also like people in movies and tv shows and stuff always rip off their like medical monitoring stuff yeah. like they're like rip out their ivs and rip off the like yeah i mean i guess in this situation you would be suspicious of everything and it would all feel weird and you would just be like maybe i would do it in this situation is i guess what i'm trying to say <laughs> right but usually i'm like i would not be doing that i would not be ripping my stuff out yeah yeah and they do it in like one dramatic move and i'm like eh, i don't know if it works like that ivy's are harder to pull out than that though like because kimberly's tried it yeah oh, yeah you don't just go bam bam mm-hmm. but you've got it down now right after your mini hospital escapes oh yeah i can definitely do it now you sound knowledgeable yeah hospital escape <laughs> Um, I'm reading Matthew Perry's book, and I don't know why, because it's really fucking depressing. Oh. But he claims in this book to have checked himself out of the hospital just to have one cigarette, and then checked him back himself back in, and it took like seven hours of intake to get back into the hospital. And I'm like, wait, why would it help? Oh, damn. Even if you're like an addict, I mean, smoking, you know, even if you're that attached to cigarettes, like how would one be that helpful that you would go through all that? It's odd. I guess you're not thinking it through at the time. You're just like desperate for it. Yeah. I mean, that's the least of his problems. Like, I've been to hospitals and they you can just walk out. You don't have yeah, to go through the exactly. effort of like checking yourself out. Maybe they wouldn't let him have it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, he spent most of his life in hospitals and rehab and shit. It's really depressing. It's awful. It's sad. Mm-hmm. When Darby wakes up, Lee and Zoomer are in her room. Lee tells her that Sean's okay. She's recovering in her room. And honestly, that struck me as odd too because I'm like, wait a minute. If you just had a tracheotomy, I don't think you can just go back to your room and be fine. Like, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot to be handled there. What do you do? Did they get the helmet off? How did they get the helmet off? Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. I want to know how they got it off. Yeah. I'd have so many questions. She's just going to be walking, walking around, around the for the next few episodes. <laughs> she is really proud of being an astronaut. So now everybody will know the moment they look at her. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Maybe they could get into the software. Like, ha- they could hack. I was going to say, maybe somebody hacked right. back into it. It just t- would have taken more time than they had. Yeah. Because I think, actually, doesn't somebody's at a computer and they say that, right? We don't have enough time. They say something about, like, hacking it and they say we don't have time during the, the two minutes. Right, the two minutes. Yeah. Chaos, yeah. <laughs> okay, but the real point of this scene is what happens next. 
Darby walks over to the window, pulls up the blind, and as soon as the sunlight hits the room, Zoomer sneezes. Bye. And Darby's like, what did you just do? I literally <laughs> went out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zoomer relays the same fancy explanation that Bill gave to Sue all those years ago. Darby is shooketh. Shook. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. So, obviously, by this, the Shining Kid is now... Bill's kid. Right. Presumably. Until tomorrow when we see Andy sneezing as well. Walk out into the light and sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of wonder if all related. Yeah, like if Bill was related to Andy somehow. Oh. We don't know anything about Bill's family, right? No. Some like, is that his cousin or something? I don't know. Just like could be. It is pretty hilarious. It's called a Chu syndrome, though. And yeah. it, a yeah. Chu stands for like a bunch of words as opposed to just the sound is it really called that yeah wow that's amazing autosomal dominant compelling heliophamic outburst syndrome wow Ooh. i'm so impressed raquel that was your finest moment amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you have that memorized or you're staring at the words no i'm literally just staring at it okay good. <laughs> no that was like perfect the way you said that All right, so I think that's a wrap on our discussion of episode four. Come back next week and we will discuss episode five. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.